Berkowitz. I'm Larry Gulko, and this is Name Brands, the podcast about the story behind the brand. So, Larry, when we think about what some of the hottest brands out there, we obviously start to think a little bit about millennials and their habits, which are a little bit different than traditional aging boomer and and, and senior habits. Right. And, you know, it's a lot of times it's about convenience and, you know, pushing on the, uh, you know, on their iPhones, uh, you know, this and that. What, what kind of brands come to your mind? You know, Roger, when I think about that, I think of the fact that we're such an on-the-go society. I look at Dunkin' Donuts. Now they have DDP perks where you can actually go in your app, go to Dunkin' Donuts, and your coffee and donut is waiting for you, and they'll bring it to your car. You know, Uber, Open Table, Amazon Prime, um, time is of the essence, and they really are living in the moment, and um, anything that's not going to be convenient for them within really a nanosecond ain't going to cut it. You know, and it's, it's disruptive technology that's kind of changing that. And those are really being the brand leaders, those that can change. They want it fresh. They want it now. You know, one of the brands that I, th- I think that uh, we're going to be discussing is uh, Polar. Yeah, well, you know, Polar, for example, is a great example of, you know, the authenticity and the freshness and what they've done, you know, to be really natural. Yes, yeah, segueing away from cola right. into salsa. Salsa. And the, uh, the other thing also, Roger, is the millennials, those brands that they can relate to, they have a story to tell that resonates, are going to win with them. And a lot of these millennials don't really want the big, big brands. They want small boutique brands that have a story that makes them feel like that brand is their brand. That they can feel more connected. Absolutely. Yeah. So coming up next is our conversation with uh, Ralph Crowley, the CEO and I think fourth or fifth generation. His family's been in this business for a long time. A fascinating story of how that company continues to evolve. Joining us now is old friend Ralph Crowley, president and CEO of Fourth Generation Family Business that under his leadership is literally bubbling up and bursting at the seams, Polar Beverages. Polar, headquartered in Worcester, Massachusetts, is on a tear, having purchased Adirondacks Water and its facility in upstate New York, taking over a bottling plant in Georgia, and extending its brand across the country, producing soda pop, or as I grew up saying, tonic, and continues to evolve, writing the new healthier beverages, not the least of which is the phenomena of uh, carbonated beverages, seltzer. Polar was founded in 1882, first as a whiskey company, and then became a soft drink company, and today can boast to being the largest independent bottler of water, teas, and carbonated beverages in the United States. Quite a feat. Congratulations, Ralph, and welcome to Name Brands. You and your family have done truly a remarkable job. It shows absolutely no signs of letting up. And Ralph, you are a great storyteller. Please tell us the, the history and the story of Polar. Well, thank you, Roger. Clearly, you've done your homework uh, on us. Uh, you know, my uh, our com- company started with pretty humble roots. Uh, my great grandfather, uh, Dennis Crowley. Uh, you know, it was tough to get a job for for Irishmen uh, back in uh, the early uh, at the turn of the century. So he decided to do something entrepreneurial. He went into the whiskey business. His one product was Crowley Ballbrook Straight Whiskey. Uh, so prohibition kind of threw, threw him a, a, a curveball. I, I, I thought he was a bootlegger. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know he was. So, well, you know, there may have been another family in the business that uh, did stay there. So there were two Irish Catholic families in the booze okay, business. Okay, let me figure that one out. Okay. <laughs> one in the East, one in the West. The one in the East stayed in the booze business. Yeah. And they became presidents, senators, congressmen. We in the Worcester area decided to go straight, started making bubbly water. 
uh, and we've stuck to it for, uh, this is our 135th birthday. Wow. So uh, that's quite an extensive uh, haul, but the uh, company was, you know, when, when Prohibition came along, it really was devastating for the company. People, you know, the Crowley family, back, the first generation lived very well. Uh, and it was it was one of those adages that Larry would talk about from uh, shirt sleeves to t-shirts uh, in one generation. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. it went backwards hard. Uh, so uh, that you know from there, uh, you know Polar stayed a pretty sleepy little company uh, based in Worcester, and uh, you know just stuck to its knitting of uh, selling beverages right around uh, the Worcester area in about. Uh, 1970, uh, my dad and his uh, three brothers decided to uh, build a bigger plant. They had the opportunity to make the uh, A&P private label Yukon, and so they built a plant to, to handle that. Uh, so it was a, a company that was really uh, 90% uh, private label, 10% branded Polar. I came in uh, not because I had the designs of ever joining the family business. As Roger knows, I was kind of the black sheep of the Crowley family. <laughs> it, 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 and I only can, can sort of <laughs> surmise that because his family sent him off to high school in Sydney, Australia. I, I read that. I read that. Yeah. Well, they want you as far away as possible, huh? Yeah, Larry yeah, Roger. <laughs> and then you came back. I came back, but uh, as you may recall, Australia was a penal colony, and it's where you sent all 15-year-old boys to grow up. Uh, so uh, I did my best to grow up in Australia. Came back here to go to college and graduate school. But after graduate school, I had I, my wife and I were planning to go to work for one of my favorite hobbies, Guinness, uh, in 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 Dublin, uh, really? and my dad pulled a fast one on me. He got sick, uh, and asked me to come in and stick around and you know help him, uh, you know, with the company for a little bit. Because some family businesses can be challenges. Right. Um, you know, as I like to joke, uh, my dad's generation ate raw eggs for breakfast, nails for lunch, and each other for dinner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I know that. <laughs> so I war stories, right? Yeah, so I stuck around a little bit, and, and all of a sudden it occurred to me that, boy, there's an opportunity here. And you know, the family was so impressed with me, uh, with my graduate degree, that they let me drive a truck. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I had other aspirations, but... Um, Slowly, we bought out the family and figured out this could be a fabulous company. Uh, and uh, I became the CEO in 1992, uh, the old-fashioned way. Uh, we had a board meeting, and I fired my uncle, who was owned 44 and a half percent of the company, and I owned a, a half family business. I owned I owned a half a percent, and we had an outside board. And they looked around and they said, "Oh my God, what are we going to do now?" Uh, and they decided decided to take a bet on the next generation uh, and a little bit more of a vision for the company. And so, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm making myself sound like a mean guy, but uh, there was clearly this opportunity to make this company something special. And so, over uh, the course of my tenure, uh, we've been bolting things together. Uh, you mentioned uh, acquiring Adirondack, which we did uh, in 1995. We had a real challenge in front of us. Uh, we'd outgrown our Worcester facility, and uh, you know we started doing a search and and uh, about where to move and build a new plant from the ground up. And as you might expect, people lose track of the value of uh, manufacturing. I mean, you know, Roger, you're doing it in uh, in your uh, facility to, to clean fish and send it up and down the East Coast. 
you create jobs for fishermen, you create jobs for in the office that have to build the stuff, you create jobs for truck drivers that have to deliver the stuff. Well, the same thing happens at Polar. Uh, you know, our can suppliers in uh, Lawrence, Massachusetts, Crown, our plastic suppliers in Westfield, Mass, making bottles for us at Plastipac. And most importantly, everybody knows the Kraft family could not afford Tom Brady's services if we did not buy our cardboard from the Kraft family at, mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. at their facility. But as I, I uh, go on, I mean, you know, we were stuck uh, in a landlocked small plant in Worcester, and we started doing a search, and people were bidding, giving us great opportunities to move to the, to, uh, uh, move the business out of state. And my dad was still with us at that point, and uh, we came to a conclusion. We decided that, wait a minute, these people in Worcester are the reason we've been successful. Right. Just because we're successful doesn't mean we should pack up and get it, mm-hmm. move out of mm-hmm. state, because we're going to get a better electricity deal or a better uh, uh, deal. So we decided to stay in Worcester, and the opportunity came to buy our biggest, then our biggest competitor, Adirondack, and we picked up a three quarters of a million square foot plant in Scotia, mm-hmm. New York. So that's how we ended up there. Now, Ralph, um, I really commend you. You know, a lot of businesses have brands, and they lose their focus. And for over a hundred years, I mean. Some people look at a tagline, this is a cutesy tagline, yeah. but your tagline, making bubbles since 1882, that's your DNA, that's your passion, that's what you stand for. And, you know, uh, you know, bravo to you and your whole team, your whole family, because you stuck to your knitting yeah. and you never veered away from that. And some people do that and it really bites them in the rear end big time. Um, and so when I look at it, you know, here it is, $500 million in sales, whatever, right? But, you know, our name of our program is Name Brands. But you have two brand names, and I have asked you about one, especially about the other. Yep. The first one is, I'm curious to know, how did Polar, as a brand name, come about? And also, your mascot, for over 100 years, Orson. How was Orson created, and how did the name come about for that name brand? Boy, if my great-grandfather did one favor for the next generations, it was coming up with the name Polar. So he, mm. you know, when Prohibition came along, he started dragging water from Spencer, Massachusetts into Worcester, uh, and he needed to brand his water to make it more attractive. And this was one heck of an entrepreneur, my, uh, my uh, great-grandfather, Dennis. Uh, and so he says, well, pure, Arctic, polar. So wow. he branded his wow. water Arctic Polar. Wow. Uh, but how did Orson, our mascot, become to be? Well, yeah. we decided, uh, you know, back in I think uh, 1975, that we needed to name the polar bear up on the roof. So, so you mean tell me for 75 years? The mascot had no name? Uh, the mascot. Bob. Had, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, actually, you know, you got to be, it's a really, um, it, you know, you got to be a little more sensitive to now. But uh, our bottles, our old bottles uh, of our bear sitting up there, uh, and it's, it, you know, on the labels, and it says, take Whitey the bear's advice, drink polar on ice. Uh, oh, really? We didn't think that was appropriate as right, we went right. along. Yeah, yeah, so we decided yeah. it was time to come up with a new name. Uh, so we put a car up on the roof on Route 290, and one it's a quarter million people pass that uh, landmark every day. And so the sign said, name me and win this car. And so, really, uh, so wow. it was a contest uh, that uh, a consumer named our, our bear Orson. Uh, and that's with an and isn't it true that mm. this beer or this mascot is 
actually fi fixed to your building. Yeah. And I, I, was told, I, I read the other day that people actually take different routes to go by so their children can wave to Orson. Uh, and it's awesome. It's great. You know, people talk about going to New York, uh, leaving New York and going to Maine. Uh, for vacation, and that's like the halfway point and uh, uh, a, a spot to see it. And you're, you're right. The, the with our bears down, which he is today due to the storm. Uh, <laughs> really, you take him down for the storm? Well, you let the air out of Dawson. <laughs> oh, uh, he just kind of he kind of crinkles up on the roof, <laughs> yeah, and lays low. But uh, Orson's had some other tough uh, things. You know, we're uh, uh, Worcester. Uh, not like Boston with 400,000 college students. We have 40,000 college students. And there, I think uh, 39,999 of the students in Worcester want to take a shot at Orson. <laughs> so he's been stolen. Uh, he's been kidnapped. Uh, bow and arrow? Bow and arrow. <laughs> really? Uh, he's got bullet holes in him. <laughs> he's, they make sport of that polar bear up there. Uh, I, I can see the drones hovering now. Oh, yeah, that's great. So, Ralph, we all know today what the trend's happening as far as traditional soft drink category is continuing to decline and trends away from sugar and artificial ingredients. How has your product lineup shifted in response to these trends, let's say, for the past five years? We're an overnight success after 135 years. All of a sudden, we've been making yeah. bubbly water, seltzers, all that time. And yeah, it started getting a little bit, I mean, we, our number one flavor uh, was polar ginger ale. Right. And my grandfather uh, turned down the franchise of Coke and Pepsi because that was never going to amount to anything and mm. stuck with polar ginger ale. Mm. Uh, so I would say 90% of what polar sold was ginger ale. Uh, and then they added cola, orange, and root. But seltzer was always kind of a hidden nugget down there. And it was a nugget that we started shining and paying a tremendous amount of attention to. You know, I would say, you know, 70% of our focus was of leading. We were the first people to add flavors to seltzer. Hmm. We, we made a lime seltzer back when, what are you doing that for? You know, people thought of seltzer. How long ago was that? That was uh, in the late uh, 70s. Oh, so uh, way, way before its time. Way ahead yeah. of everything. So, wow. uh, and then, you know, we said, wow, that's doing okay. And we started uh, spending more and more time working on it. And if you look at the, our growth now, and it, it is exciting, Roger, as you pointed out, that that uh, to see what see your growth coming after 135 years. Yeah, 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 you know, it's interesting. And you mentioned something earlier, Ralph. I mean, really, the sign of of a great company is one that's nimble. And when you get something, you get a curve thrown at you. So, in, in the case of uh, 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 prohibition coming out of the whiskey business into the soda business. Now, you know, you, you get the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the doctors and the legislators pressuring about sugary drinks. You have, you have seltzer water. Yep. So successful companies can pivot, mm. maneuver. They're extraordinarily nimble and they take advantage of curveballs. And right. I think that you epitomize what in that. Yeah. Well, I think my, my favorite expression on that is it's not the large that swallows, swallows the small. Mm -hmm. It's the quick uh, that swallows the slow. Mm. Uh, and yes, uh, cool. Yeah. So, you know, we noticed the opportunity to keep expanding, expanding it. And now, you know, most of our sales are, uh, you know, 70% of what we sell with all those other brands like Snapple and stuff. Right. Are sugar free, all natural beverages. One market segment that's really growing, I mean, tremendously, are millennials. Yeah. I'd be curious to know, you know, um, 
what is Polo doing to understand what influences the purchasing behavior influences of millennials? Because as I studied for the past you know several years, these folks are looking at clean packaging, they're buying products, they have renewable materials, uh, brands that are social savvy brands with visible media presence, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and brands that support classes yeah. they align with Ralph, and that they care about. How are you using social media or, or conversation with millennials to drive that market segment? Well, as you look at me, Larry, you can see that I've got whitish hair. <laughs> you're not a millennial. <laughs> but you feel like a millennial, right? I feel like you a feel millennial. Like you feel but like I got mine. disqualified. <laughs> so, so one thing that, that yeah. we are good at is uh, uh, let, you see who's got the talent in that end. And we've, right. we have a, a fabulous marketing department uh, that uh, is much more attuned to this than I am. And uh, <laughs> uh, so we work with a group out of New York City that's kind of our, keeps us on the guardrails. Mm -hmm. And then, we, frankly, we, we've got Roger's spirit for things. We let it hang out there. Uh, we're not, you know, my vision of we make a flop is, hey, clean up an aisle seven, <laughs> get it out of here, yeah. uh, as opposed to, you know, you make mistakes quickly yeah. uh, and get, get rid of them. Yeah. But our, our, we have a team of people that are, uh, uh, are working to stay in tune with, um, with the millennials and, uh, and launch products. And you're sitting there right now with a great example, our yep. Seltzer Juniors. So the way... Us three gray beards would have launched a product. Is we would have. <laughs> they can't see Thank us. Thank you. Thank, thanks they for exposing us, us, Ralph. I think. Well, I think let's Ralph put us this way. <laughs> we're, we're, we're over thirty-five. Okay. Yeah. We'll agree to that. And that's, you'll, that's it. You'll sure. stipulate to that. Right. Okay. So the way and we I think I'm just seventy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all stipulate to that too. But the way uh, we would traditionally uh, launch a brand yeah. is we might buy some media. Uh, we might uh, do some radio. We might do some television. We might. Uh, put some coupons out there. The way the Seltzer Junior was launched was hysterical. And it was people uh, uh, that are millennials said that we have uh, 3,600 what we call uh, Yukon uh, team, and they, uh, unicorn team, excuse me. Right. And we check with them on our packaging. We check with them on our flavors. Really? We check with them on our, our concepts. And so rather than uh, launching this with any media, we sent samples to our uh, Seltzer Junior, awesome. our team. That's right. And we gave them three days to announce it to the trade. Right. And that to engagement oh. is huge. I mean, you, you, you can't pay for that. It's well, unbelievable. The, 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 the amount of hits they got. So yeah. th these are our most loyal partners. So, you know, we give them swag. We, we value their opinion. That's right. And, you know, so their opinion is so important to us that they come up with the crazy names. I mean, Yeti. Yeah. Right. And, and, and it's great. It's great the evolution because how do you evolve a brand? So to be yeah. able to con that continuum yeah. to yes. connect with the next generation is absolutely huge. And so they identify with it too. Yeah. Yeti mischief. I have yeah. no, what does that, I'm going to ask you, what, what does that taste like, Ralph, before uh, I open well, up and actually you know what's, try it? What's crazy about this whole project mm -hmm. is we can't tell you what it tastes like. <laughs> but you know something? I read an article in the media about this, Kate, okay? and what they said, Ralph, was that it smells like Hawaiian Punch, 
It's citrusy. Mm-hmm. And then there's a subtle powdery flavor like hubba bubba gum. <laughs> you know what? It did, when I, when I popped Isn't it, that it cool? did yeah. smell like a Hawaiian punch. Now, now, now dra- Dragon Whispers, they said, it starts off very distinct. It's delicious. It kind of gives a feeling of pixie sticks. <laughs> and then this unicorn kisses. People said everything from green apple, Jolly Ranches, bubble gum, cotton candy, gummy beers, Bath and Body Works, cucumber, melon, foam soap. I don't know about, I don't well, know about where that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty wild. You know, I, the people that run marketing don't want to tell me what it, it, what the real fruit is in there. Oh yeah, because I can't keep a secret. So they, uh, uh, they, they're, they're. It, is there a guru? Is there a mixologist yeah, that sits yeah. in a room? And yeah, it's actually a unicorn. Yeah. Ah, yeah. okay. I, I, I have to be mystical. So there, okay. you know, we have a clever tie-in between the marketing folks who think mm-hmm. of the idea. Mm-hmm. Of you know what's the cool new flavor going to be, uh, and I mean so you're looking at our seasonal sellers, uh, seltzer or ginger a Moscow Mule thing. So you know they're staying up on the trends, and coming up with the clever ideas of what we want to we want to taste like. And again, it's you know to try to get it right, Roger. It's essences from fruit, and it's a really complicated process to capture the essences from the fruit. I, I was talking to a group of kids. Uh, last week at Providence College, and you know, so say there were fifty of them in the room. I said, "How many of you would drink a diet beverage uh, sweetened with uh, aspartame or you know, uh, or something like that?" It was like thirty yeah. percent would only drink it. Seventy uh, percent don't want anything mm-hmm. like it. By the way, your your diet cola is better than any of the diets on the market. I just want to say that as an aside. You're going to have to keep drinking it because we don't sell a lot. <laughs> but, but thank uh, you. Yeah. But, but, oh, oh, but I have a really bone cold. to pick with you. Uh-oh. I have a bone to pick with you about flavors. I came up with the what I believed, all right, I believe to be the best flavor. It would have been your number one seller. And and I gave it to Ralph. Was it called salmon salad? No, 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 no. <laughs> think about this. Cinnamon. Yeah. What do you think about cinnamon? Yeah. Very popular. thinks Very it would popular. be popular. Yeah, our our production is. man is. here. Yeah. So, so it was. So I want to hear. Go ahead, Ralph. Get out of this. Go ahead. I, this is going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> I've never complained about anything at Legal Seafoods. <laughs> well, it's time to. <laughs> I'll tell you, we mixed cinnamon with uh, pumpkin. It was one of our early uh, entries. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan here, who's uh, helping us. Uh, liked our Boston cream pie and our cheesecake, mm-hmm. and I particularly liked our eggnog. So all of us people over 35 in the room picked the wrong flavors, Uh-oh. and unfortunately, uh, it didn't it didn't uh, win. But I keep bringing it up. We're okay, going to re- get the reason I bring it up. Okay, <laughs> did you ever hear of a, of an alcohol named? Um, uh, uh, fireball. Yeah, no, you know not what me. Fireball is. Yeah. Okay, so fireball is a cinnamon liqueur that is really big with millennials now if you took the fireball and you put it over ice and then you added some cinnamon salsa i guarantee you across the country it would be very big but that's just me okay i'm taking that back to marketing 
this afternoon. <laughs> but you know something? <laughs> and we're going to test what? it with our unicorn army. But, right. but you know something? For oh. years, I would have seltzered lime. And then Roger turned me on a couple of years ago with his magic drink, which I drink all the time now, especially when we go to legal. Oh, that's another bone to pick with oh. Ralph. Go no, ahead. Oh, Ralph knows this, exactly this where is, you're going. This is, go ahead. This is a beauty. And if you don't take this here, Roger and I, I got a fit beverage company. We're going to go with it. Okay. And we're going to call it the, the, the legal kidney stone drink, right? Right. Go ahead. Anyhow, go it's ahead. delicious go, because go. I love salsa with lime. After a while, I get a little salsa up with lime. I get a little, yeah. you know, enough. I'm getting a little bored, right? So Roger and I, we drink. It's like this. One third. Um, uh, uh, one third two, salsa. No, three quarters. Three quarters uh, quarter salsa. salsa. But usually, you can go to the restaurant. They make. They screw it up. Yeah. So I say half salsa, half um, lemonade. Right. And what it is? It's a lemonade bubbly, but more okay. importantly, it's shown to have positive effects to minimize your incidence of gallstones. Oh. It's a great drink. It's, I'm telling you. And if you come out with it tomorrow, <laughs> we want a piece of this action. I you know, did not put Mary up to this, Ralph. <laughs> okay. That was a great drink. Love it's Ralph, a phenomenal Ralph drink. Respond. Okay, respond, respond yeah, but, but this Tell is, us right now, you're honestly, doing it or not. <laughs> this is how things get created. Uh, you know, for example, you know, orange vanilla seltzer. Right. My sister-in-law was at, at our Cape House, and she, her favorite uh, seltzer was uh, our vanilla. And then she gets out orange juice and mixes it together, and all of a sudden it creamsicle. tastes like a creamsicle. That's unbelievable. Right. So we, what you just said is actually the basis for our whole new line of yeah. seltzer. Yeah. You're, we're, we're one year and six months ahead of you. But, but you know what I'm saying? I really commend you because your, your vision is like one year and six months ahead, but also you've enabled the top of the millennials to have a slice yeah. of Polar. And they feel that your brand is their brand. It's, it, it's kicking ass. You got to keep it fresh. And what you guys just talked about is seltzer and lemonade. Mm -hmm. We launched Seltzer Aid this year. Uh, and Seltzer Aid uh, happens to be our best summer seasonals. And it's mixes like you just said. So the basis right. is, is all. Is there an essence or is there more? It's all essence, fruit. no so would you Would you ever put a little bit of real fruit in it? You know, we get ahead of our tips of our skis periodically. And yeah. we created a line called, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, fruit. fruit Appeal. Right. And right. Uh, Fruit Appeal was a line where it was 20% juice and seltzer. So we picked a lot of fruits and uh, I'll go for ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was you know we got ahead of ourselves. The consumer was consumers then were adamant. I the one some calories. I'm, I don't care about calories. I want no calories. I don't want in between. So this contained forty calories. It was too many. Yeah. So. We'll be back. That was 40 calories too many. I know. Well, anyway, Ralph, like Godot, I am waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph, um, let me oh. say a question. Talk about flavors, all right? Yep. You're creating really creative, exciting, really powerful, disruptive flavors that don't exist. So how does that happen in the, in the process? So if one of the clever things our millennial team did was, you know, there's demand for new flavors all the time. I just talked about orange vanilla. Right. Uh, you know, a grapefruit was like a no-brainer that, that uh, got launched. Coconut, a no-brainer that came out. But what we've done is we've now come up with a concept called seasonals. And that's where we mm. introduce stuff, and we, we only put it on the market for 90 days. Uh, so we test things out, come up with different ideas, different concepts. You're reading all the food magazines. You're... you're you know, looking at the flower magazines, people are studying what's becoming hot. They're walking around supermarkets, getting ideas. Um, and then we, the marketing team will say, these are the, these are the things we want to launch. And there'll be 
20 of them right you cut it down to five i can't tell you how much of the stuff we have to drink at home i have uh, a lot of faces huh? oh my goodness you know i have a son that is adamant that you know you think you're gonna have a good beer he's in the mood to taste seltzers and you can't do both <laughs> so ralph is 90 days your delta when you launch a product a new flavor 90 days if it makes it then it goes well, national this, are you this is back? this is what we do for seasonals so uh like the products you've got over yeah. there are our introduction for our winter seasonals you know we'll be done with that by christmas but there's some of the things that'll be so hot like our blueberry lemonade right uh was last summer that we make it a permanent flavor uh, so they it's i mean seasonal. this is blood orange sangria yeah roger it sounds yeah. phenomenal would you pour me some of that one <laughs> don't spray yourself <laughs> i know <laughs> shake it open, up. open slowly <laughs> but so you know we come up with these concepts yeah uh, we put them out there for you know several months, and then we stop. I mean, going back to Celsa Juniors, it was one of the most successful launches I've ever seen. We made fifty-six thousand cases. It was gone in one day. We made wow. another hundred thousand cases. It was gone in three days. We made a hundred, another hundred thousand cases. It was gone within a so week. So people like that small size. They like the small size. They like to put it in their kids' lunchbox. So I'm sitting there with the with the marketing team. By the way, I got to tell you. I was not a fan of this whole idea. Yeah. Uh, several times I go, what are you guys thinking about? Look at the packaging. What's with the dragons? What's with all this stuff going on? And Yeah, wasn't there something about when you launched the unicorn, it was like off the shelves and the, people started selling it on eBay? Uh, we, uh, the highest pro number uh, uh, was 125 bucks for a bottle of the unicorn. Really? Wow. <laughs> wow. So, uh, wow. so, by the way, we ran out of the eight-ounce can. We're out of it now. We're done. I mean, when you're really successful, you stop. And uh, we may come back at a later date. But, 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 but if it's so successful and people desire it, why wouldn't you keep doing it? That's, maybe that's, back. All, that's always the million dollar question. If yeah. you keep things in high demand right. uh, and low supply, that right. sort of perpetuates a brand. Yeah. But you know, you know, it's interesting. You talk about brand loyalty, and I have to say that, you know, in coming here today and knowing your brand for years, Ralph, with you and I have done other things in the past, it really is amazing for a salsa brand to have such a sense of community. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like Holly Davidson has yeah. a great sense of community of the brand. I mean, I was reading the other day, this gentleman in Cambridge, he stocks 20 cans of salsa, polo salsa in his apartment, and he falls asleep with one full liter bottle, and he wakes up and it's empty. Okay, and magic. It's a right. unicorn. And and then and then and then it says here, there's an army of devoted drinkers for whom polar is the be all end all when it comes to bubbly water. For people who grew up with it here, their fridges are full of polar, and those living away get it shipped. But here's the real kicker. It's great. Polar reminds them of home. It's they feel like it's New England and a bottle. Yeah. And that goes again. You said early when Roger, you know, um, said the little intro. You stayed in Worcester. You yeah. stayed knit to knitting and you're homegrown, and people admire that, and they love the authenticity well, that you didn't go overseas or anything else, that you really stayed and kept your anchor in the Worcester area. Well, you know, it's, you know, first of all, most importantly, you know, it's a team that's built Poland. It's the employees. It's the, the people with the crazy imagination that I only wish I had. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've done a good job of letting everybody run free and clean stuff up in mile seven, as I said. But, you know, we're... we're it's fun. Uh, and, you know, what the company is really part of the community. I mean, uh, uh, and we're part of, you know, uh, part of the community because we all live there. We all work there. 
Uh, you know, our neighbors talk about it. And then, we, you know, it's just, uh, it's funny that to see the, the success of it and the interest mm. uh, in the brand. It's always been a pretty good little company, but now it's. But you know, really I, think, I think you and Roger share the same philosophy and culture. I've talked to many people at Roger's company, been there, yeah. started off. They said, I, I think I was going to last maybe three years. They're 30 years yeah. because of the culture and the sense of family and the sense of belonging and importance. And that, that's really, you know, trust and a real sense of importance, how to come by. And so I commend both you guys for your respective okay. businesses, for nurturing. And again, keeping to that focus, and that vision of what's important to you and your heart. Well, one of the funny things at Polar is people will come in and they'll see the one reserved parking space and the it says Mr. Maple, and, <laughs> and, and they'll, they want to talk to the boss. Yeah, well, yeah. Mr. Maple is the longest polar employee, and he's got the only reserve partner. Right. I, I, I thought right. maybe that spot was for Austin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ralph, let me sh- switch gears for a minute. What are your thoughts about Amazon and the grocery business now that they've purchased Whole Foods? Where, where, where is, in your mind, what do you see happening? Wow. I mean, it, I was on the uh, phone uh, with the people in Seattle at Amazon, and we're working on a project with them. And uh, so they, you know, they've got uh, their millennial team quizzing me on what we could do together. And uh, finally, they wrap up the call, uh, and the head individual on the call said, "So, you know, I'd love to know your thoughts on uh, you know us acquiring Whole Foods. What do you think? Do you want the truth, or do you want me to blow you some smoke?" I said, "I'm scared to death." You guys can change things so fast yeah. that I, you know, look, I'm on the phone call today with you trying to figure out how to work with you because not working with you would probably be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. All I can tell you, Roger, is change is coming mm-hmm. and we're going to try to stay ahead of it. I mean, hey, let's switch to Lightning Brand and ask Ralph some really quick questions that only you, you know the answer to, Ralph. You didn't warn me to that. Oh, no. <laughs> we, we warned no one. <laughs> you come in your own free will. Yeah, so on some of your beverages, there's dry, there's pale. What is dry? And when you, when you say dry in, 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 in tonic or soda, what does that mean? Dry means it's more fruit, less sugar. So uh-huh. orange dry. Uh, which I would maintain uh, is our signature flavor created by my grandfather, is 10% orange juice, very little sugar. Uh, and that's where, where it So comes. you really do, you, you really are with fresh uh, uh, juices. So you, yeah. you, you have a history in that. So our ginger ale is pale dry. Why? Because we use about uh, a third less sugar uh, than our competition. So it's all about, it's an all natural ginger. And so it connotes, so... You wouldn't see our traditional, uh, you know, colors or anything saying dry. So we've broken our dry line out and are, are going to uh, create, you know, a little bit different packaging. A little, you know, so there's more work to come on that next year mm. on, on breaking it out. Ralph, what's the most popular flavor Polar sells? Uh, it would be grapefruit salsa. Grapefruit salsa. Yeah. Really? Yep. Interesting. Wow, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have if you leave it a tour, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, you know, uh, you'll be all right. Uh, it, you know, it's it, it has a really great essence and taste, yeah. uh, and uh, it blows my mind how successful it is. What what flavor did you create that was a bomb? Oh, uh, I'm the proud father of cheesecake seltzer. It was really? a bomb. I'm the proud father of Boston cream pie. <laughs> it was a bomb. 
Uh, don't get me started. I've created a lot of bombs. bombs. <laughs> so that's why I've kind of turned that this whole thing over. So the, yeah. so the, the strategy next... of, of going into Baskin Robbins and writing down the flavors <laughs> does not work. Doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I flunked. It's the next generation that's driving the flavor picks. But now. you know, Baskin Robbins has 13 of flavors they've developed over the years. So you have another thousand to look at. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> the color of the bottle. Does that make a difference in terms of the staying power of the, com- uh, of the carbonation? So uh, certain products are in green bottles, mm-hmm. like ginger ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why? Because it will, uh, and lemon and lime, like our 7-Up. Uh, having it in, uh, in a green bottle protects it from ultraviolet light, where uh, our seltzers don't, don't need that to happen. Uh, so uh, different products need to be protected from the light. What's, what's the most creative or wild drink you've seen your customers make with the seltzer water? I can't tell you how many people will send me a picture of at sunset uh, where they're mixing, uh, uh, let's pick a vodka, Tito's. Right. And they're putting uh, some grapefruit seltzer in with a little fruit, and then they'll have umbrellas hanging off of it. <laughs> and you know, people take things are so passionate about their individual cocktail that they create, uh, and I think it's it's so fun. We, you know, the people will send me a yeah. picture of the different things. Me, I'm pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> I just like my seltzer separate, yeah. as is, yeah. and, and maybe a, a a good glass of wine. Cool. Yes. Okay. Cans or bottles for carbonation and integrity of the product? Cans have a longer shelf life. So cans can last up to a year. Where plastic, uh, the, the smaller the ounces, so 16.9 or 20 ounce, uh, the tighter the molecules, the further the molecules are apart. So a 20-ounce bottle will be good at shelf life for only 90 days, where uh, a can can go up to a year. Interesting. And which would I prefer? I, I love drinking uh, a 20-ounce, because you can reseal it and keep you know, drinking it, mm-hmm. uh, where cans uh, are, you got to drink them all at once. Big, big, big bubbles or little bubbles? Uh, you've got to have a lot of bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing you need more smaller bubbles. Yes, exactly. Ralph, Ralph got a lot of bubbles. <laughs> you've got bubbles. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's part of the mystery of what we're really good at mm-hmm. is getting, uh, you know, it's almost like we have a bubbleographer in the in the plant. We've done a really good job of, of just the right amount of carbonation. Too much, it mm-hmm. knocks your head off. Too little and it's too blah. So you got to get it just right. Well, I'm curious if you didn't follow the footsteps of the family into the business to really work for Polar, what do you think you'd be doing today? Well, you know, it's changed considerably. I absolutely thought I would go make my fortune at a young age, you know, say 35. I was a little bit arrogant, Larry. Uh, and then I, I always wanted to go into politics. Really? And, you know, I thought, uh, you know, I, I thought I could help there. Man, that's a tough game now. And you know what? I think it, it, to me, it's one of the great shames of what's going on today is that, that uh, politics has gotten to be such a tough and dirty business mm-hmm. that you can't have. I mean, you think about our founding fathers, and you think of the Adamses here. They'd ride down to Philadelphia to help work on the Constitution. Then they go back and, and work as a lawyer or whatever else. My vision was always uh, 
you ought to spend 10 or 15 years in politics. I wouldn't go near it now in a 10-foot pole. Yeah. Uh, so don't worry, anybody out there. I'm not coming after you. <laughs> We're not, not going to see signs on lines, vote for Crowley? Yeah, no. You're not going to see Orson holding up a sign. <laughs> the Bear Party. The Bear Party. We need a third party. Our own party. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Ralph, if you could you sort of reflect back and sort of think about what you might want your customers today to know about Polar that they may not know about one reason or the other, what would it be? I, you know, I think the proudest thing uh, I've got going on, Roger, is it is so hard to make it to the second generation, mm-hmm. the third generation, the fourth generation. We now have the fifth generation engaged at Polar, and they're the, some of the clever people that are coming up with these crazy flavors. They have a passion that I can't believe uh, in the company. And, you know, we talked about vitamin water and uh, buy all selling for a lot of money. It's so good for me to be look at these kids coming up and be so passionate about the business that we're going to stick around as a family company. So I think that's something that people don't wouldn't anticipate. It it is not hard to see why Polar has been so successful uh, all these years and particularly now. It's because Ralph has lots of fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. We really enjoyed it. Awesome. Roger, Larry, thank you for having us. It's a great time. Yeah. Thank you for your interest in our company.